Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I have my friend Dawn Patton on. She is an accountant as well as a money coach. I'm very excited about this episode because it's one, probably one of the more vulnerable um, conversations that I personally have ever had. I recently met Dawn at a um, the life coaching certification that I went to in Utah a couple months ago, and she was one of the coaches there. And her and I had a conversation that was a huge breakthrough for me. And I wanted to share it. Um, it was something that I was holding some shame around that I was kind of, it was wrestling up some of those old money blocks, some of those old money feelings that I remember feeling in the past when I was still kind of living that that life of unknown when it came to money. And I wanted to share it with you because I know that I'm not alone. And I know that a lot of times when We find some peace in a story. I'm going to say money story because that's what we're talking about today. Um, It doesn't mean that those old feelings don't come back or the old habits or the old, it doesn't mean that that your past self is gone forever. Sometimes our past self can sneak back in and it's very important to find ways to kind of coach ourselves back out of it, right? So that is essentially what this episode is all about today. I know that... It is probably, again, I think I've already said this, but one of the most important financial conversations that I've had on this podcast. So I really, really hope that you enjoy it and possibly um, be as life-changing as this conversation in real time was for me. But before we get into this very, very important episode, I wanted to remind you, if you don't already realize it, we are almost at the end of 2022. And I do not want you waking up 
this time next year wishing you would have started getting your financial shit together sooner. Because the deal is, is time passes regardless. And if you are still feeling emotion, stress, shame, judgment on yourself, all of the things around money, you know that you have the capability of wanting more for your life and you just cannot figure out how to financially make it happen. One-on-one coaching will probably be for you. If you are a stylist with a growth mindset that knows that nothing changes if nothing changes, you just don't know where to start. Head to the show notes, click on the link in my bio on Instagram, or go to www.mistyjane.com and fill out our one-on-one coaching application. Um, And let's see if working together is the very thing that is going to completely shift your life, okay? I'm telling you, do not wait and wish that you would have started sooner. As somebody who waited until they were 30, which I know, I know that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound that old, but trust me, I wish I would have started sooner. Um, So don't be that person, okay? I promise you, you don't have to feel this stress. You do not, it's not, it's not a life sentence. Trust me, okay? So anyway, with that being said, Go check it out. See if one-on-one coaching is right for you. Grab the spots before they are gone. And let's work together on getting your financial shit together. With that being said, I present to you the most amazing money conversation with Don Patton. Please enjoy. Hi, Don. Hey, Misty. Welcome to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. I honestly, I think that you are the first non-hairstylist I've had on the podcast. Okay. I'm honored and thank you. Oh, you are welcome. So for those listening, well, actually first, Don, who are you and what do you do? Um, I'm an accountant, so definitely not a hairstylist, but I do accounting for hairstylists. So, I mean, you can that's that's my adopted hairstylist. <laughs> right. So it's like you're kind of kind of in the hair world, right? <laughs> right. Right. Thanks for having me and accepting me into your world. It's a fun world to be in. Absolutely. And you are a money coach as well, correct? I am. I'm a tax accountant, a bookkeeper, a money coach, a business coach, just kind of wear all of those hats of I love numbers, I love business. Let's chat. Did you start out as like an accountant bookkeeper and then like realize that more needed to kind of be on the back end? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, So the reason I'm having you on today and I, my hands are a little sweaty. This is probably Mm -hmm. the most vulnerable podcast that I have put out there um, because it's something that I've been struggling with this year and you have actually helped me with. And I know that when we were together in Utah at the, um, dream coach, um, certification, uh, it was probably one of my biggest breakthroughs. So little backstory, um, for those of you listening, I am in business debt and it's funny because It is something that I have kind of not talked about as much, really at all, until um, last month because it was something that I was getting those old feelings back of that shame, who am I to be a money coach if I have this debt, all of the things. And 
when I went to this um, retreat, Don and I had a conversation that completely changed my perspective. And I kind of just wanted to, in a way, recreate this conversation today um, because I know there's probably a ton of people out there who um, maybe have gotten out of debt, uh, maybe who are in debt, maybe who have gotten out of debt and then gotten back in debt, like all of the feelings around debt. So essentially, I kind of want to have a conversation about debt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and another example I'm going to point out is I know a lot of people don't take big risks and big leaps because they're scared of getting back into debt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for me, so for me, six years ago, for anyone listening who does not know my story really quick, you can go back and look. Um, I think I have like two podcasts that tell my story, but I'm going to give like a brief, basically seven years ago, I decided that it was time to change my money story because I just like spent like a crazy person. And I was a credit card. My mom basically told me, if you have good credit, you can buy anything. And it put my husband and I in like $48,000 of debt that we did not realize we even had. And we were the type that were always like, you know, it's our career choices that like we can't live in this more expensive neighborhood because we picked the wrong career or because we did this or because we like we blamed all the outside things and we never right. really stopped to look internally about what we were doing to actually put us in the position. So like constantly saying I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke when in actuality we were actually making good money. We were just mm-hmm. spending very unintentionally way more than we were making all of the things. And we got out of debt. It took two years. And eight months later, we bought like in the neighborhood that we never thought we could live in. And that's like a very short version of it. But um, so for me, I found myself, you know, years later, ready to get out of the hair industry in a different way, become a coach, um, 2020, all of the things. And I went all in, I stopped doing hair for 10 months and literally was like, I'm only going to coach. And the past two years, it's caught up with me financially, but I know like, and we can talk about this further, but something that you helped me with is that this was my choice for the greater good of my business, of my future and all of the things. Um, so let's kind of dive into that conversation a little bit. Yeah. Of the debt reframe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I think what you said before, shame, guilt, a lot of those things, that's what people associate with debt in general. And I understand that. And I get that. And, you know, I'm not opposed to that actually. If the debt and shame comes from a place of doing better and being better. But in your case, when we were talking, it kind of came about of you're feeling this debt and shame because that's what you think you need to be feeling about debt. Mm -hmm. It got you in a bad place before you were back in that place of having debt. However, your whole life was different. And now you were choosing debt intentionally because you knew you could leverage the debt. And we love leveraging debt. I'm a huge believer in debt, actually. I believe in debt for education, debt for putting a home or a roof over your head. And I believe in debt for helping others. Like, I don't know, education, anything with an ROI, education, houses, investing in yourself, those types of things. When we leverage debt, that's amazing. What an amazing opportunity we have, Mm -hmm. right? 
Yes. And in I, your case, you that's what you were doing this time is I'm going into debt to better my circumstances. And you were choosing that debt with the idea that you would invest in yourself and earn more from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find myself even, well, I'm, I still do it, but even before our conversation, I would be very clear that I'm in business debt, mm-hmm. <laughs> not personal debt. Like it was very important to me to feel like I didn't go backwards. I'm doing this to better myself. But after our conversation, I mean, I still feel that way to a certain extent because it makes, it kind of makes me feel better if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But since our conversation, I myself have tried, I've been diving into kind of, I think I realized how much of a middle-class mindset that I was stuck in. And I have been really diving into like, like you said, how to leverage debt for a greater ROI and understanding that debt can be a good thing if it's going to bring you more money in the future. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. And, and I would even say, I think debt's okay if it's going to bring you a greater amount of happiness. Mm. You just have to have a plan for that. Right. So short-term happiness, mm, maybe not. Let's think of this well-rounded, intentional person and not just a short-term ha- short-term happiness of I'm going to buy these shoes, I'm going to buy these clothes, I'm going to buy this dinner. What are we thinking long-term wise? How about right. instead we think, oh, I'm going to buy these, and I'm even going to use the same examples. But like, you can buy the shoes, but buy the shoes because they're going to help you form into this new character that you want to be, and it's going to make you feel so much confident when you show up to speak at this event that you got asked to talk at. Right like change that mindset of I'm thinking long-term instead of just short-term, put it on the credit card. I'm happy in this moment. Well, and I think, so this happens a lot with my clients is once they, we start working together, they realize like what they were buying that wasn't actually bringing them happiness or what they were bringing home that they forgot they bought or yeah. what was showing up at their doorstep in an Amazon box that they mm-hmm. go, who, who ordered that? What is it? Uh-huh. You know? And I think that that's the difference. I think that's where the spending intentionally and like realizing what you actually value. Yes. And let's bring, let's go back to the conversation you and I had at the retreat, because that's what it came down to, right? Is what do you value? And we were talking about, um, you really are focused on creating memories with your family right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And so scaling back hours and having this business that allows you to have a flexible schedule and work from anywhere fulfilled that dream of I'm spending more time with my family. I'm creating memories with them. Right. Right. Which by the way, I booked a vacation. (laughs) 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 Just side note. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's so, and even the, okay. The vacation, for example, let's talk about that because I book, a. this is actually like the third time that we've booked a vacation without having the money to pay for it. And what this means exactly is that I put an entire vacation on my credit card and pay interest. No, what I do is I'm like, okay, this vacation, the, we, it is due. The full amount is due on this date. Can we put this much aside every month? until this date. And I also pay very close attention to like the refund policy, just in case. (laughs) Um, but, and I think that's important too, is like a lot of times we, 
let's talk about society, right? Like Mm -hmm. a part of my problem is that society tells me debt is bad. Okay. Yes. But also another part of my past problem is that my mother was telling me debt is good. So the good and bad were, were bad both for me. Like, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a mental struggle both ways. Um, but I think that we see constantly, especially with Instagram, people going on vacations and doing this and doing that. And and how many times have you heard from people like, how do they even afford that? Oh yeah. You know? And it's like realizing that there's like other ways to make things happen, you know, rather than just like, Hey, they don't have a million dollars in the bank that they're just like, I'm going to go to Mexico. Like, you know, like there's plans in place to be able to make that happen at least a healthy way of doing it, in my opinion, would be having plans in place. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I'm, I love plans. Yeah. Yeah. So so go ahead. I was going to say, just back to your example, looking at someone on Instagram and judging like, well, how can they afford that? That's the kind of inner dialogue we need to quit because you're automatically assuming you're, you're automatically putting a price tag or a value on things that you see instead of realizing maybe they didn't pay a penny for that trip. Mm-hmm. Maybe they paid $300. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did pay thousands and thousands of dollars. You don't know. So it's not your place to judge or put any sort of value or feelings to money. Like we need to go back and make money neutral. Debt is not good. Debt is not bad. Or I should say debt is not inherently good. Or it's not inherently bad debt is debt and just neutralize all of these things. Absolutely. Take the emotion out of it. It's Mm because at the end of the day, it's just facts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, um, what would you say, what is your biggest pet peeve? If we're going to talk about kind of like society's, um, gosh, perception on certain things when it comes to money, what would you say your biggest pet peeve is? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, and this might not be my biggest pet peeve. It's just the first thing that came to my mind is when people throw their numbers around on social media Mm. and that it's, it's not just someone throwing around their numbers. I've thrown around numbers here and there, but it's the throwing around the numbers and then making it mean something. So it's, I'm a seven figure business coach which means these things about me and I'm so successful and all these things doesn't mean anything about you. So let's take that out. Great for you for earning the money. But once again, the money does not mean anything about you. So I think for me, one of my biggest pet peeves is the throwing numbers about and then saying, because A plus B equals C, this is my C. And I'm like, no, 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 no. These are two separate facts here. You helped your client or your client, or maybe you didn't even help them. You helped your client make an extra $10,000 this year. Good on them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything about anything else though. Well, it's taking your own personal worth out of the money aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I think that that was my, my struggle is, is it's not even that it was my personal worth, but it was like, I made me feel like an imposter, right? Like, like I had this secret and and I realized that it it was blocking me from creating the business that I wanted. Right. But I loved your reaction, Misty, because immediately when you kind of realize this of like, 
oh, but I can't tell my audience. I have this shame about it and I have debt. Immediately when you kind of realize like, oh, it's not something I should be ashamed of. Let's change that story. You looked at me and you're like, okay, so can we record this on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I go all in, okay? (laughs) Yeah. And I love, like, it's immediate action of let's just share the news. Let's take the bandaid off. I don't want to hide anything. And you're right. Debt is okay. And let's make it okay for others. And I'm going to share my story and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to show them it's okay. Right. And you asked me that day too. You said, you said, do you think debt is good or bad? And, or did you, you either asked that or you asked if I teach that to my clients. Right. And I remember yeah. saying, no, I, I like, if they don't want to get out of debt, then we don't like that's Like they get to choose their goals. Right. Like, right. you know, and then I'm like, well, then why do I put that around myself? Yeah. It's like, it's like for anyone listening, if you have a coach <laughs> that doesn't have a coach, get a new coach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because even as I'm having this conversation, first of all, I'm feeling lighter, you know, because I don't ever want my um, clients, my listeners on the podcast, anything to think that I think I'm perfect and I know all the answers and, you know, I, I don't, that's not the case. And honestly, I don't think that should be the case for anyone. Um, no. No. And, and I think that having conversations like this and getting more open and more vulnerable is super helpful because how many people listening probably feel the shame of business debt or debt in general or, or shame around money in general. So like, I'm not earning as much as I should, or I'm spending too much or these shoulds when take out the shoulds get very personal money is a very personal thing. How much do you want to be making? How much do you feel like you can charge someone? Like make it personal and then take those personal numbers to your coach and say, here's how I'm feeling about these things. Here's what I want. And let them help you work through it. And maybe you're workshopping your pricing and you're realizing you can only charge X amount because you're not very confident in yourself. So then let's go back and work on our confidence. We don't have to work on our money mindset or money relationship every single time. A lot of times it's a deeper rooted issue of confidence or self-worth or your outward appearance. And so getting deeper and then taking it back to your personal relationship with money. Absolutely. Um, One of the things I do with my clients is have them figure out their dream number. Mm -hmm. That's always super fascinating because um, essentially for anyone listening, the dream number is like, what do you, what life do you want to live? And what do you actually need? How much you actually need to bring in to live that life? Because a lot of times we're so caught up on like, I want six figures. Okay. Well, six figures can be, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or 999, you know what I mean? It can be almost a million dollars, like six figures across the board. And do you want to bring in six figures into your home? Do you want to make six figures into your business? Cause that's a whole nother equation, which we should talk about as well. Cause I loved your post recently about this. Um, <laughs> but do you even need that much? Like how much is your mortgage? How much is your rent? How many vacations do you want to take a year? What, what restaurants do you like to go to? How often, like all of the factors. Cause I could say all day long, Oh, I'd love to make a million a year, but why? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm so glad you said that because the, the quote I always say is six figures to someone is not six figures to someone else. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, 
someone could be like, I, I need 200,000 a year to be paying myself because here's all these things I'm doing. Someone could live that same exact lifestyle in a different part of the country and it only cost them a hundred thousand. Right. Or they could bring that like the same lifestyle to let's just say New York. Cause we know that's pricey and it's going to cost them $500,000. And so getting super personal about why you want that money and where you're going to spend it and not just seeing posts and saying, oh, six figures means I have a successful business, which means I want a six figure business because no success to you is going to look something completely different than success to another person. Absolutely. And I know a lot of like multi six figure stylists who are miserable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't, the number does not equal success in any manner. No. And that's why I love, and you did the coach certification. I did the coach certification, but it's this very holistic view of looking at life and business together. We're not just going to look at your business and say, what are your business goals? And I know you do this with your clients, but you look at life first and then we take it back to business because we need to make sure that your business is serving your life. Otherwise, why have the business? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think back, um, I think back of before the whole debt thing, like changed my life in general. And it, and it was, first of all, it was like the, one of my biggest accomplishments. Cause I'm a, I used to be a giver upper, like I would have a goal and it would take too long. And I would be like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? <laughs> and, um, it was the first thing that I stuck with and accomplished. Um, and it changed everything. It, it changed. Like I, I went independent after that. I was in a commission salon while I was getting out of debt. After that, I was like, you know what I do? I was always like, I don't want to be an independent stylist. Like mm-hmm. I just want to go to work. I want a paycheck and I want to walk out like, and, but it's like, once I hit that confidence of, wait, I just did something that I never thought I could do. It like changed yeah. everything. And I feel like that's so important to think about, um, you know, and this, the podcast is now called the cash confidence stylist because confidence is such an important word, you know, yes. and, and it can be, it doesn't mean that you're debt-free and making multi-six figures. And, you know, it, it means that you're confident in yourself and you're trusting yourself with your decisions. And I think right. that, that is probably one of the biggest things I walked away from the conversation with you that weekend. I love that, that you, that you had the capability to get yourself out of this debt and you had the capability to get yourself into this debt. Is that kind of the confidence that you're talking about? The confidence that my decisions were, were, were correct regardless in both aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause again, the debt thing, I was like, I was the old feeling sneak back in. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we have to learn how to coach ourselves out of it. And it was like a lesson that I needed that will now help my clients. Um, which I just appreciate you so much for that, by the way. I'm so glad I could, I just asked some questions and you were totally open to coaching. So thanks for being open and like trying and diving, but I do have a question for you now, cause you kind of brought this up is since that conversation, I'm sure that those same feelings of shame and guilt have come back. How do you coach yourself through those again? Like now? I remind myself one that like, no, this is for a reason period. 
You know, I think, I think the hard part for me is I went from a successful money bringing in business to starting a new business. Mm -hmm. And I think that the part of it of wait, oh my gosh, I'm not making what I used to. And I'm in the negative because of it was like a snowball effect that now I'm like, okay, after this conversation, I'm like, no, no, no. My husband and I sat down and talked about this. We, we made, we said like, Hey, we're going to do this. Maybe we're going to have to cut back on going out to eat. Maybe we're going to have, you know what I mean? Like we, we like, it was a plan even before you and I had the conversation. And I had, I just remind myself, no, 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 you're being impatient. (laughs) It really has nothing to do with the money. It has everything to do with your impatience, (laughs) which I believe I use that word often that weekend as well. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So I think that now I just, I look at it completely different. It's just a completely different, it was a completely different perspective that I did not have in my mind until that weekend. Yeah. I love that. And then I don't think we've thrown out this word, but responsible. Cause Mm. I think that was one of the shifts too, is you're like, no, I am responsible with my money. And a lot of times when people have debt with the shame and guilt that they're feeling, it's this, it's this feeling of I'm not being responsible with my money. And that's how I'm in this debt. When, if it's intentional, if you have a plan for it, if it's something that you felt called to invest in, let's reframe that and let's title it responsible. Right, right. And I, and I agree with what you were saying at the beginning, just like, you know, getting into debt for stuff that's not going to bring you some kind of money or peace, you know, that that's where, that's where I think people start feeling like, oh, I'm so irresponsible. I'm just, I'm just going to door dash, screw it. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but there's also a lot of just unintentionally doing it. You know, it's crazy, crazy to me. The first step um, with my clients is assessing their situation. And what always happens is they either realize they're making way more money than they thought, which I find fascinating, um, or they just realize how much they're actually spending in certain areas. And that was when I started my money journey, that was my thing. It was like, we went out to eat all the time. I was like, wait, I'm spending 800 to a thousand dollars a month going out to eat. I had no idea. Yeah. Like no clue. Like, you know, that you go out to eat, you spend 50, 60, hundred dollars here and there, but you never put it together and go, Oh, I don't even, where did we even go last week? I don't even remember. Like, you know, right. <laughs> right. And to that, if I will say, I just posted this yesterday too, but when we're talking about how much you're earning and how much you're spending and the relationship between those two things, and I know you teach this, it's not a matter of restricting yourself and cutting out all expenses we instead get to look, okay, how can we make more money? How can we be more strategic with the money we spend? How can we make our money work for us and start earning interest so that that's passive income to us? And so it's looking at all these sorts of different aspects and not just saying, oh my gosh, I spent a thousand dollar eating out. I should feel bad about myself. No, 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 no. You spent a thousand dollars eating out that's it. Like end of story. We recognize that story and that's a fact. And now we look at other facts, right? Well, letting go of the judgment on ourselves. Yeah. 
Cause I think that that is one of the biggest issues, um, is, is we just, we, we judge ourselves so much and we have uh-huh. to forgive ourselves for it. You know, that's something I talk about a lot is like, you have to like, just move forward. Um, because you can make a change. If you don't like the way that that feels looking at that number, you do have the choice to take control and make a change. Right. And I think that just looking at it as a fact is so important, um, rather than putting the emotion into it. Putting, yeah. Take out emotion when we're talking about money. Let's just, that's, that's what we're trying to tell you today. Exactly. A hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, money is literally a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And think about, I, I use my son as an example for this all the time, right? If I hand my son right now, like a dollar, like he would think he's rich. But if you handed me a dollar, I'd be like, okay, I can like not buy anything. <laughs> yeah. So even just the vow, but that's the same with adults, right? Like somebody, you hand one person a hundred bucks and they're going to be like, oh my God, this could change my life. You hand someone else a hundred bucks and they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't even like buy groceries, you know? And it's yeah. like, we place the value on these pieces of paper that are, yes, they're important, but they don't have to have the emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Or at least not the same emotional attachment that we give it. Right. Right. We can always change our feelings and our story that we tie to money. Well, and we get these stories usually from the outside world, our parents, what we grew up seeing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I try and tell my clients, like, you don't have to hold on to their stories. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly exactly and I do it is easier said than done for sure but this is why I love what you do Misty is because you help people actually walk through this because let's go back to this thousand dollar spending of eating out someone doesn't realize they do that they see that they're doing it and then immediately they're feeling whatever feelings they're either feeling like great. I'm so glad I have the money to be able to do that. Cause that's worth it to me. I don't want to cook or eat at home or they're feeling bad because they could be cooking and eating at home or whatever. They're feeling guilty. I don't know, whatever there's feelings associated with it. And then you help them pause and be like, yeah, but what do you want to make that feel? Mm-hmm. What do you want that to mean? Do you want to be happy about that? Or do you want to change it? And why? And let's not take in other people's stories here. Let's not say, oh, well, we should be more responsible and cook our own food because that's what our parents always taught us. Mm -hmm. We get to be like, no, I am earning a living so that way I can have this luxury and do this or talking to their partner and helping them get on the same page as their partner. There's so many things that $1,000 could mean and you actually help them like hold their hand and walk through step by step and say, what do we want to be feeling about this thing? And how can we change the story then? Absolutely. Absolutely. 120 million percent. Because I think that a lot of times we, again, even when you're working, I find that people, it takes like three calls for them to understand that we're doing something different than what they've seen in other places. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of times it's almost like they'll feel guilty telling me they bought something. And I'm like, no, no, no. How did you feel when you bought that? Yeah. And, and they will be like, no, I love it. And I'm like, then great. 
that's the yeah. point. Yeah, I love it for you. <laughs> yes. I always say, cause I do help people make, I saw your post today, by the way, about, <laughs> about budget. So I do help people make budgets, but I change their perspective is it's giving them permission to spend. If you mm-hmm. want, if it makes you feel good to throw a $5 bill out your window every day, because you love doing that. Great. Just make yeah. sure it fits into your plan. Right. Right. So it's like, I think that I think society has just fucked us when it comes to money. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And this plan that you're talking about, um, like this spending plan, mm-hmm. it's going back to, there's no restrictions. It's really just about, Hey, what are your priorities? And let's make sure that your spending is in line with those priorities. So if your priority is going on vacations with your family, we better have that in our budget and we better be throwing money to that every single time we have money hit our bank account. Right. Right. Cause that's our number one priority. But if our priority isn't that, and our priority is paying off debt in our home. Okay. Then our ex, then our money better be going to paying off the debt. And it's not a matter of saying, here's what your priorities are should be. It's a matter of saying, here's what do you want your priorities to be? And let's make sure this is in line with that. Right. It's letting go of the shoulds. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, sneaky shoulds. the shoulds, because it's constantly, well, I should be doing that. I hear that all the time. I should be saving. I should be this. I should be that. Well, why are you saving for something particular? Are you like, I get a lot of times, well, I'm going to save, like I have an emergency fund, but I'm just going to keep saving. Well, f- but for what? Like, because that money is just going to sit there. So is it for a reason? Are you saving to buy a car? Are you saving to go on vacation? Like, cause if it's just to save because you should save, <laughs> then we need to, we need to switch that a little bit because I don't think that money just sitting there is not going to do you any good. Right. No. Right. So, exactly. I so it's all about figuring out what you need, what you need for your family, what you need for you. Like, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot and it changes. You know, I, I call it a money story for a reason. Cause I feel like it's like a journey, right? Yeah. Oh, every day is a new feeling. <laughs> I was going to say, so talk to, I want to know a little bit about kind of your like money journey, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. My money journey. I mean, I feel like it's rather simple. Um, I, my parents, the way that they raised us, we, earned money based off grades. So based off performance. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got money to go to the movies with our friends or buy clothes or like it was our entertainment money. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were in charge of managing that money ourselves. That's how we, they taught us to budget. And it was really great. You know, as a kid, being able to have some freedom with how I'm spending my money is wonderful. Fast forward a few years though. And I, I hear realized, a butt behind there. <laughs> yes. I realized that that system, I love it. And it's nothing on them. It was just how I interpreted it. And I very much grew up believing that money is based on your performance. And so now my money story is really trying to crack myself open and learn. It's not about the time I put into things. It's not about the energy It's really just about being in alignment with what I want and where I'm going and money can come to me in all sorts of ways. So that's my current journey of trying to not let that be 
the story that I live with my whole life. Yes. This is good because let me tell you, okay, when I, you know, I did hair from, I was working in a restaurant in high school, started doing hair right out of high school. Cause I went to Votex. So I've been doing hair since I was 18 years old and yeah. in the end of 2020, I stopped, um, for 10 months to do this. And it was the first time that I ever received money without like doing something immediately. Yeah. And it was difficult. I would sit, be sitting on the couch and a payment would go through on my Apple watch and I would feel guilty. Mm. And it was very interesting because it's something I've never thought about. I've never dived into it, you know, ever. It's not that I've never had to, I, I do work. I'm handed money. I mean, my mom was a bartender. My dad was a contractor, like same thing. You do something, you get handed money. And, and it, I, it was this whole, that was a whole mindset shift for the first year of this business is that no, 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 you did do work. You just didn't do it immediately, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And, and it was so interesting because I felt like I didn't deserve it. Yeah. So you've always seen money as like this cause and effect thing. Exactly. And now just trying to change that. Maybe it's work you'll do in the future. Maybe it's work you've already done because of all of the time you've put into these things. That's yeah. interesting. And it's something I've never thought about. It's never been yeah. something I've, I've ever thought about. Yeah, no. And that's a, so, I just love listening to people's money stories and learning. I'm very much, I learn from hearing others talk and what their experiences were. And I'm like, oh, actually I relate to that too. Um, so hopefully your listeners are feeling that way today. Because it's so interesting to see your money story and the way it shapes and different experiences you've had, and you've internalized it subconsciously to mean something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Whether it should or should not, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was tying my worth to my, my physical work and then to the money. You yeah. Know? Like I'm not worth this because I'm sitting on the couch kind of forgetting about all the action. And actually the work, like you said, doesn't even really matter. It's just like the point of like, it's very interesting. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so fascinating. Mine, going back to mine and my performance driven one. Um, for me, for some reason, it was actually a lot of time. Like, I guess that's, that's how I performed was I would put in time to something. When I hired employees and I was making money off the time that they were putting into it and performance, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I self-sabotaged myself by investing more into them or into training or into programs or into other things instead of allowing myself to receive that money. And my, I, the band-aid solution was I changed my mindset and I said, oh, but my performance now is managing. And I'm now at a point where I'm trying to not have a band-aid solution to that and be like, okay, but it's not about performance, Don. Like you can just receive money and you don't have to do anything for that money. And it's okay to, to have money. Right. Now, did you feel like you, like too much was coming in and not enough work was going out in your, on your part? On my part. Yeah. I knew work was going out, but on my part, mm -hmm, I would just twiddle. I would do busy work just so that I was doing work. Yes. That's what I was doing at the beginning. 
because money was coming in, but I felt like I wasn't doing enough. No, there's no way I can be making money if I, if I only work one or two hours a day, there's no way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so, so fascinating. So something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is time versus money, right? Mm-hmm. Of both of them being like, you know, in, in, trading time for money is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Cause like I hear hairstylists all the time. Well, I can't raise my prices cause I'm fast. They're not in my chair very long. Oh, that's I can't charge that much for a haircut because they're only in my chair for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I had this thought the other day that I was like, what if someone would pay extra to be faster? I would. A hundred percent. I mean, look at DoorDash. Look at like, look at grocery delivery. They're like, paying for convenience. You're paying for time back. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah. um, there was a study recently. I don't remember where I heard this, but if you have a meeting, let's say you blocked out an hour for that meeting. So this hair appointment, you blocked out an hour for that hair appointment and you would pay, I don't know, $300 for this one hour. If someone got it done in 45 minutes, you would happily pay even more. And now you have an additional 15 minutes to go do all of your other things or to go just sit on your phone and scroll. Even if that's it, like go be with your kids, go run some errands the gift of time is underrated. I, it's so funny you brought that up. I just heard this on a podcast or read it in a book or something, the same thing. And it was talking about like, we, especially as coaches, right? Like if you have an Mm -hmm. hour call, you feel like you have to fill the hour or if it's like a group call, whatever. Um, But if people feel complete and you end say 15, 10 minutes early, whatever, they're actually like, the coach is thinking, oh my God, they're not going to feel like they got their money's worth. When the actuality is, is that the client is glad you gave them time back. Yes. And I was like, I never thought about it like that. Yes. No, I mean, talk to me. I, my hair is so thick. Every time I get my hair done, it takes at least like six hours. Right. <laughs> not even joking. Pull in some of your assistants. I'd gladly pay more to have it be half that time. And now I get go to, I get three hours to myself because I just told my husband it would take me six hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, again, it just, it goes right back around to how we put value on money. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or how we think other people are going to perceive what we charge. And I think that's it. Going back to money is a personal story. We can't worry about how others perceive something. It needs to be us standing in our ground and saying, this is how much this service costs because you're thinking about yourself and how much you need to make it worth it to you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. I love this conversation because it it's, I feel like we're going in a lot of great directions that I think, I know I can relate to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> So what would you say to the stylist that is scared to, um, talk to an accountant? Come talk to me. That's <laughs> what I, <would> say. <laughs> I, I mean, really, if you're scared to talk to an accountant, it's not that you're scared to talk to an accountant. It's that you're scared to face your money. Mm. And so rip off the bandaid, set an appointment with that person 
they can't bite. You're, I don't know, you're on a phone call likely and help them face your money with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I really, I think with, when you're shopping for an accountant, shop based on personality first, if you're feeling scared. And then once you're feeling more up to it, then you can shop around more based on skill, but just having someone to talk with you about money and face it, it's going to change the game for you. It's so true. I mean, I cannot tell you how many coaching calls I've had just to help with what questions they should ask their CPA. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You told me about that. And I was yeah. like, mm. Yeah. They're like, how do I say it? And I'm like, just how you said it to me. <laughs> and if they don't receive it, well, it's time for a new CPA. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I think that, that, I think we think that once we pick somebody that that's it, like, oh yeah, switch it yeah. up. And that's not how that works. So no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Don, I love this conversation. Obviously I feel like mm-hmm. we could talk about money for all kinds of, all kinds of avenues here. Oh, for sure. So I end this podcast with the same question every time. So I'm going to ask you, Don, what does a cash confident stylist mean to you? Mm, should have prepped myself for this question. I feel like I could have nope. answered so good. No, no, no. It's not fun <laughs> like that. <laughs> I know. Just throw it on me. Yeah. I think a cash confident stylist to me is someone who, someone who's not afraid to face their numbers and someone who's, you don't need to know your numbers, but you need to know how to find out how to know your numbers. Like, I don't need you to know exactly how much you made last month, but I need you to be okay and willing to ask or look it up in QuickBooks or know how to email your bookkeeper and ask for that. So to me, it's just someone who is at one, is at peace with their money. Mm-hmm. I love that. I could not agree more. Um, where can everybody find you? Mm, come hang out with me on the gram. That's my favorite place to hang. So my handle is at Dawn Patton with underscores. And yeah, just come say hi. If you're popping in from this podcast episode, hop in my DMs, come say hi so I can get to know you. Yes. Let's chat. And she's awesome. She's easy, easy to chat with. Um, Thank you so much, not just for this conversation, but for the numerous conversations that we had in person. Um, It seriously has helped me immensely and I can already feel it continuing to help me, you know, throughout my coaching. Cause you, you taught me a perspective change that even I like did not as a money coach think about. Um, Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you um, times a million for that. Mm, I'm so glad Misty. I just, I love this business. I love what you're doing and I love how open you are to learning and to teaching others. It's amazing. Thank you. Sometimes I wonder if it's a downfall, but (laughs) no, (laughs) I'm like, well, this is the only way I know how to be. So we're just going to roll with it and see where it takes. Embrace it. I love it. Don, thank you so much for coming on the Cash Confidence Stylist, and I'm sure you'll be back. (laughs) Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confidence Stylist podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, 
please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.